This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Well, welcome to the Full Scale Waterfowl. Is this episode 100? 100, baby. We did 100 episodes of the Waterfowl Wednesday edition of Full Scale Outdoor Podcast. This hundredth episode is proudly presented by the Nick Johnson Signature Series Goose Call by Pacific Calls. Nice. The best goose call, in my opinion. Ever. <laughs> in the history of goose calls. It's a pretty damn good goose call. Many, many of birds have lost their lives. And of that uh, little piece of a is it acrylic? It's acrylic, yeah. I, we only make acrylic versions, but uh, super proud of the job that me and Pacific uh, did with that. Those guys were great to work with, and we're trying to sell uh, the last little bit of stock that's left for the year. So that's why uh, I'm going to be pushing it every 15 minutes on this podcast today. <laughs> it's usually only twice, because usually only go about 30 minutes, but, but we'll see. But, but seriously, though, if somebody is in the market for uh, goose call it really is would be an honor if you would consider that signature series check it out on pacificcustomcalls.com um, they do a great job machining them designing them and um, I take pride in tuning every single one of them myself and it'd be it'd be awesome if if somebody would consider it and if you do buy it I'm happy to help you out and make sure everything always is running smoothly with it and then you could uh, go to your app store and learn how to blow the damn thing the goose check app there it is with the goose check app yes sir um 
Return of the Box. Return. Oh, yes, I've been seeing. <laughs> I was saw your Snapchat. The, the white box has made a return and rather right. successfully, I would say. Hell yeah, dude. Like, okay, I, don't, I have not hunted out of the white box for two years. And if you don't know what we're talking about, I built a white styrofoam box from sheets of styrofoam that you buy at Home Depot. If anybody's interested in building one for themselves, just reach out to me. I've got the plans. Uh, my plans are uh, the plans I got, and I kind of loosely followed them. I mean, you're building a white styrofoam box. It ain't the most complicated thing in the world. Um, you can also see one in action. Uh, Dive Bomb has a video where they use a white styrofoam box in a snowstorm that's built a lot differently than mine, I can tell by the video. It's got like a PVC frame on the inside. And anyways, um, that's what the white box is, and it came back out for a hunt um last saturday i had just one guy joining me and he's the one who recommend he said it he's like hey i've got a mr buddy heater if you want to hunt out of that box of yours i was like okay but it was a decent feel like there's some birds using it you know i kind of didn't want to screw it up right <laughs> and, and that box looks fucking ridiculous dude so it's like a I have, um Halloween con or a Halloween costume if you were going as a uh, Apple um an Apple square block charger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and okay, so my box hasn't been used for a couple years. It's been in storage. Like it's got some dirt on it. Um like when they when a, when styrofoam is like pure white and your snow is fresh, dude, nothing matches. Like, nothing matches snow like snow. I mean, it's just or like styrofoam, man. Like that styrofoam just matches the fucking snow, like, perfectly. Does it really? Oh, I thought you were going to say it just doesn't really match, but wow. that's. Oh, pretty... dude, I've, I've never seen anything match the snow as good as that nice white styrofoam. Like, a good white snow and a good white styrofoam, and it's... Obviously, you're still a giant box. Like, it's not invisible, but it does blend good. Anyways, I pull my box out of storage. It's dirty... I'm reminded of all the things I screwed up that I didn't like about it when I built it. And I'm basically already hating this idea of using the box. So I throw the box in the truck. I throw two blinds on top of it with snow covers on the side, like just in case I can't stomach it. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I go out there and I actually, before I even put the box into the truck, I took like some wet rags and like tried to clean it as best as I could, like from all the spots that just have some grime, just trying to get its previous white luster back, you know, if we're really going to use this thing. And it, last Saturday was really cold. So I was kind of, in, I was like, God, I really would like to use that thing with the Mr. Buddy heater. That would kick ass, um, sit in that warm box. And uh, I set up about 40 or so, four, maybe 45 DSD Giants. And then I set up the box and I was like, oh, this thing's fucking ugly, man. And I parked the truck and I looked back at the spread and you could just see that giant white box sitting there. Like, fuck, is that <laughs> that thing is so fucking stupid. And it doesn't help that I'm off a major road. So I know anybody driving past is that's a goose hunter is going to be like, look at that fucking idiot. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just, oh, I'm just planning its demise. I'm like, okay, when I get home, I'm going to get out a saw, like a handsaw. I'm going to start sawing that thing into little pieces. I'm going to put it into my trash. 
<laughs> you know, if I ever want one, you know, I'll rebuild one. I'll make it nicer. And uh, I'll do all the things I wish I would have done with this one. And I'll have nice white foam again. And now I'm just going to go and screw this hunt up with this ugly fucking box. Just so we can use the Mr. Buddy heater. You know, like just the thing I always preach against. Like those A-frames just ruining hunts for the comfort of sitting on a fucking bucket, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, anyways, it worked really good. (laughs) Wow, you really made a good story out of that. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Actually, I was was watching the snaps, and I'm like, these keys for landing in the decoys, and they didn't look look freaked out at all. No, and when I was walking, after I parked my truck, I was walking back, and my buddy Cal shows up. He's walking out with his Mr. Buddy heater, and a flock was going, they're going from water to water. And a, a few of them seen the decoys and split off, started circling the spread while I'm walking back to it. And uh, they just fucked off. You know, they, they, they didn't, you know, they just circled it a couple times, circled the spread and then went over to the creek that they've been chilling in. And um, I meet up with Cal there. We're both walking from our vehicles. He got there right when I was finished pick, uh, setting out. I was like, you saw that, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, Dude, I don't know. He's like, well, I'm walking the Mr. Buddy heater out, you know. Let's at least try it. All right. But then when birds actually did come out to go eat, it doesn't work perfect. But, dude, neither does snow-covered layouts. And Right. That second day, uh, that was Saturday, that did work really good. Um, I shot one goose. Cal shot his three. And... Uh, we landed a couple groups looking for something, like, uh, but Cal's already limited out, so I'm just kind of like looking for birds. And I was like, you know what? We need to get this box out of here and uh, hunt this, uh, pick up, hunt this field again tomorrow. And the next day, I used uh, just solo, just one snow covered layout blind instead of the box. And I mean, it worked. It worked good. And there was a bunch of birds that flared off me, which is what I could say about it's the same thing I could say about that white box. You know, it worked good. Some geese flared off it, you know? Sure. Could and it be Could it be that, or were they flaring off the decoys? I mean... The DSD Giants? Yeah. Nah. I mean, they're still not real. You know, they're still plastic. They're still... That's true. Mannequins. These are still weirded out when they land in mannequins. Right. Like, even very, very sexy mannequins. I mean, you, you know, get... They, sometimes they... they sometimes... Maybe it's just the individual birds because sometimes, you know, you'll get one that'll land and he'll just like settle in and like, I guess I'm going to take a nap. You guys are just all going to stand around like idiots, you know, and he'll preen himself and sit down. Okay. That does here's happen another, as well. Here's another observation that I have. They're freaked out. They're not freaked out so much because of the mannequins. They're freaked out because of your presence. Really, they really, really notice you in layout blinds and um, even out of that box, when you're peeking out of the windows, they're aware of their surroundings. These, when they land in the mannequins, they'll usually start to walk out of them, right? Like they'll land in there Mm -hmm. and they'll walk away from the decoys. That's not the case. If you're at the truck and geese land in your decoys, I had it happen several times over just last weekend where birds, there was a three pack that landed in my spread when I parked on Sunday and then on Sunday, also, I hunted all day. And I remember I had eight gummy worms in my truck, and that was the only food I had. I was like, I got to make a walk for those gummy worms. 
or, or I'm going to die. <laughs> so, really came prepared that day. Dude, so, and I knew I was hunting all day. I don't know why. I usually eat like a king when I hunt, but I just went out there with no food. I'm like, dude, there's that half bag of gummy worms that I didn't finish in my truck. It was slow for like 90 minutes. I didn't see a single goose. I'm like, I'm going to go get those fucking gummy worms is what I'm going to go do. Plus, my feet were getting a little chilly. And uh, so I walk, I go get those gummy worms, geese land in the decoys. That was just a single. And then there was a three-pack when I parked that morning. But if you're not there, the geese settle into your spread. Like, and then I can all, I, maybe seven out of 10 or maybe eight out of 10 times. If I'm not in the spread, I don't even need to have my gun with me. I can walk up to the geese, check them for a leg band. (laughs) And like, literally I could just go walk over to my gun, pick it up and shoot them. They don't fly out of the decoys when the threat presence comes from outside but the decoys don't leave, you know? And I had to walk, I had to walk several uh, um, racking uh, geese out of my area. Um, in the, I did that on the, in the morning flight on Saturday. I was getting racked on pretty hard by geese landing um, on the other side of my field. You don't have to walk that close to them before they leave, you know? Like right, yeah. Four, like 300 yards, and they see your silhouette kind of, lumbering towards them all of a sudden all the heads go up they start honking and off they go but when a goose lands in the dsd giants i can walk to my spread and scan the birds i can usually get into my blind and be like all right well you're not leaving and and when the when they land and the threat is already there present like they can see me like feverishly checking them for leg bands you know right when they land they're like what the fuck they get really freaked out. They start walking away right away. If I'm not there, even the layout blind, the layout blind's there. That's not what's freaking geese out. It's the human being, right? Yeah. So there's a layout blind there sitting there with no person in it. Geese land in the spread. I can walk into the spread, check the birds, usually lay down, and the geese won't even leave. walk away from the spread. I think that's really interesting. Hmm. Well, I'm sure and, there's and always some movement, and the, I mean... It's well known that birds pick up movement very, very well, but but maybe maybe they're seeing you you know that UV coming off you. You got to get that special lotion. I'm telling you, that hex suit, that hex suit, the lotion the from relevant, suit. some relevant sunglasses. It, oh fuck yeah, the lotion. Jesus Christ, I forgot we talked about that shit. <laughs> Dude, there's something, but. It's it's my eyeballs glaring at them is what it, it really is, dude. Like just looking at birds, like my head darting back and forth. Right. It's probably but the movement they, more than anything. They really they see you right away. But it, it's interesting how they'll like they'll land, look and they check their surroundings. They're like, oh fuck, what is that thing? God damn it! They start walking away. Like, and I'm not shooting at them or rustling around. I'm staying pretty chill, you know, and. um it's just it's it's interesting how tolerant and I think what it is too is they still will assume the decoys I guess I don't know, man, because I've left decoys out in a field before on a really, really good hunting day that I was checking birds all day. When I left there was like forty geese in my spread. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm just I'm just like literally sitting there chilling, eating. The next morning I came back, there was 
five geese in my spread when I showed up the next morning that had slept there. Oh, wow. And geese don't geese don't sleep in fields, dude. Right. <laughs> Not usually. But it's like they do what the decoys do. So well, if the decoys if the decoys don't leave, they don't leave. And if like if somebody approaches the decoys from outside and the decoys aren't freaked out, they aren't freaked out. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's probably, you know, body posture. You know, the the body postures are generally relaxed. You know, there's a couple that are sentries looking out, but that's pretty normal. You know, they're if I had to guess, I would say that's probably it. You know, like it's just the they're reading the body language of these other geese around them, in air quotes, and it's like, well, I'm kind of freaked out, but you guys seem to be chill, so I right. guess it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have like, I have never never seen a goose stay late into a field past like where you can see, like this whole like they feed late on full moons so but they don't feed they don't do that they don't sleep in fields. Um, I think snow geese I've seen snow geese do it. Yeah, I've seen snow geese but, do it, but not honkers. The loaf uh, the loafiness uh, field all day if it's like one of them drizzly, light rainy days. Yeah, I've, I've also that. seen snow geese. I've seen snow geese loaf in fields um, all day when it was super high wind. I mm. guess in my brain, I was like, I don't know, maybe it's uncomfortable to go sit on that water and just ride waves. Yeah, I mean, they're not getting blown across dry land. You know, maybe they don't have to paddle actively. You know, you right? Know? Right. I've seen that too, but I don't know. That's just a, it's an interesting, and it's it's not a one off. Like when geese it happened to me in Manitoba last year, I, uh, I went and took a poop and came back to the spread. I didn't even see a goose come in, but all of a sudden there's like a couple of geese in the spread. They'll let me walk all the way back into my decoys. They won't flush, but geese land far away. You walk at them 300 yards away. They're out of there. Yeah, that's true. And then, and then when geese land in my decoys and I'm there immediately, they're like, fuck this. There's a human being. <laughs> and they start walking away. But, there's no fuck this. There's a human being. When I come walking in from afar, like from my truck, they're just like, uh, "Is this freaking anybody else out?" No. All right. Well, I'll just kind of keep my eyes on them then. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I walked, I walked into, like I, I walked to my truck to get those gummy bears, and then I, uh, or gummy worms, and then I'm walking back and I see that single land in the spread, and I get back to the spread and I'm literally standing on the edge of my spread, like five yards away from a decoy in front of me. You know, like just my blob of decoys I got out there and I can't fucking find this goose. I'm like, because the giants is hard to find the live birds in them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, God damn it. Where? Like, I know I saw a goose land in here. Well, he's sitting there. He, was, he wasn't even, <laughs> he wasn't even standing. I was like, Oh fuck. There he is. Um, he was like 25 yards away. Hadn't even made a motion to start walking away from me yet. Wow. And it's it's just it's just bizarre. I don't know. That's a rant I went on here. On that, no, it's good stuff. On that white box, I have to refresh my memory. Do you just have like like a shooting window there, or do you flip the top off? What is like? What... We flip, yeah, flip the top off. Okay. And um, I mean, I literally, I use a four inch foam, which they do not sell at Home Depot. So glued two pieces of two inch foam together to make my walls so you're you'll all you need is two end caps and then you can have as many front and back walls as you want to make it as big as you want for additional people i only have two um 
and then I just got lids and I've got like archery windows, like not archery windows, but like uh, imagine uh, the tower, the guard tower on a castle. You yeah, know how archers, yeah. ha- they have those beveled windows. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to cut into the four inches of foam so you can look out of it and kind of get it. The visibility is a, is a weak spot of that. So I've got some archery windows cut into all of those um all of those pieces the two lids have archery windows and there's archery windows on the front back and sides you know those uh pop-up lines for like turkey hunting and deer hunting have that see-through mesh do you think that would be uh you think that would help i mean they wouldn't see your movement as much maybe maybe i i'm I'm super inexperienced with um um with turkey blinds you know like i've never been in one i've never bought one i've never I've never turkey hunted like yeah, that. Yeah, I, so. ha- I have one, and it's got that see-through mesh. So there's like a, a printed um, camel pattern on the outside, but when you get inside, you you can see through it, just like you're looking through a screen door, you know. Yeah, that. But they but they you can't see in. That's. Well, yeah, and I definitely thought about getting white mesh for those archery windows. I can't. I can hardly hear you now. I don't know what you did, but. Can you hear me now? Now I can hear you. <laughs> There's all sorts of rustling, and then you got really muffled. Oh shit, my bad. But now you're. Better. Um. Uh. Yeah. So the archery windows, I was going to cover up with white mesh, and that would help. But in the meantime, all I've been doing is just wearing white while I'm inside of it, and that helps. Sure. But that's the only time I've used it in the last two years. But um, if you look up, let's find a. I'm going to find that uh, dive bomb video so I know the uh, name of it, and you can kind of see. If anybody's interested in building a white box, reach out to me. I'll send you the plans I used and tell you how I did it a little differently and what I would do a little differently. You're getting muffly again. What are you doing with your microphone? Dive bomb decoys. Hold on. I think I'm I'm putting my pinky finger over it, to be honest. Oh, that must be what you're doing. I wonder... um, you think you could get away with that, like early season, in like a a brown box or a green box? You think they? I mean, it's not something they've ever been hunted out of before. You know what I mean? They're not used to getting shot at. It could just look like a random piece of farm equipment. A yes, irrigation and, uh, pivot or something. You know what I mean? The um nineteen ninety 1990, the nineteen ninety three article from Wildfall Magazine where I got the plans out of says that they use it in early September, like in there's. And they're early season hunts. They, like, they just kept it white? Yeah. Huh. So anyways, it's called Honkers in the Snow Box. That's the dive bomb video. And um, theirs is much different than mine. It looks interesting. You can tell they're not using any four-inch foam on it. They're, they just stuck to the two-inch sheets. And they got a PVC frame on the inside. And the the um, this end caps actually flip up from the top so the bottom lifts up so they can kind of like a doggy door like they can go in and out of it like a doggy door sure and uh you know part of the part of the benefit for me using that four inch foam that i found or gluing the the foam together was that the weight of it helped with wind the number one enemy of a foam box blind is going to be um wind sure but um, if you're, maybe if you got a solid frame on the inside or you add weight to it somehow, you could, you could cut down to two inch foam maybe. 
Anyways. Hmm. I wonder, my brain's thinking, what if you had, like, you got just some molded PVC, right? Like, um, maybe you could repurpose, like, uh, um, like those racks for, like, uh, tra traveling in your car, you know? Those things, that, the luggage racks, those, um, I think one brand is called, like, S-Cargo or something like that. Where you mm -hmm. could put that, you could use that, like, over your boot bags you know cut it they would just go over your boot bags on your blind they would just be just white white pvc and then you'd have like some maybe velcro on your doors and then you'd have velcro on the bottom of some either other pvc or white foam and you could just you could convert your instead of using uh covers i guess is what i'm getting at because the covers instead of using the fabric covers yeah the fabric covers do are kind of weak like they'll get wet and then that dark blind will mm -hmm. show through kind of like you bought some you know have you ever bought a white swimsuit accidentally and then went swimming with it when you were 11 years old and very very sensitive to people looking and pointing at your penis <laughs> at a public pool um no, Cause no I, actually i because I, I did <laughs> i did <laughs> anyways uh that bottom shows through you know like if your snow cover gets wet and well and just it can get stained you know, my thought was like with the PVC, if you could make something like that, you'd be able to wash it off, right? It's just plastic. It'd be hard, well, hard plastic. Like just wash it off. And you'd be right. That's not a terrible idea. Or even like there's that just like a, a foam cushion for like a for a work surface, you know, that and that comes in all sorts of colors. Uh, just it's maybe an eighth of an inch thick or so just a little foam you could do something with that and just throw that away if it got dirty you know sure i don't know uh we, gen we generally know. have a tendency to over way overthink this shit but <laughs> right just get, go to home depot buy a bunch of foam panels like i've thought together. about i think i've brought this up before but you know like the well even live flowers they do this but usually it's fake flowers like in the bottom of a fake flower pot you know they have that that green real spongy foam that you can stick stuff in. Oh, yeah. I've thought about taking some of that to line around my layout blind so I can stick stuff vertically on it or even, like, on your doors, and you could stick stuff in oh, there yeah. so when it's closed, the grass is sticking up vertical instead of laying down while everything else around you is sticking vertically. I've never done now, it, but... Now, if you want to get your noodle going real hard on a bunch of camouflage opportunities... Go to Hobby Lobby and go to their mm -hmm. um, go to their fake plant section, which is like a quarter of the store. Right. Like if you go into a, a Hobby Lobby, dude, like twenty five percent, like an entire bay, like is all fake plants. And then you look at the, some of the stuff, you be like, I don't know, you know that I, I'm not sure, but let me blow your mind. You can paint all that stuff. So right. if it's not quite the right color, you can make it the right color. And that kind of just opens up everything they have in there to like, because I've made some, uh, it's called uh, uh, monkey grass. So I bought some, I think it's called monkey grass. I'm going to Google it real quick here. It's a Hobby Lobby monkey grass. It is, um, it's actually called monkey grass bush. The monkey grass bush at Hobby Lobby. So it's 10 bucks on the website. 70s porn go, version. 
<laughs> monkey <know>. grass foot. <laughs> it's $10 on the website, but if you go every time I've been into Hobby Lobby, this shit is on 50% off sale. Like, I don't know why. I just go in there every time I've ever been there. Maybe it's just that I'm always there on a sale. Like, maybe I'm always in fucking Hobby Lobby around President's Day or something. I don't know. But um, it's always five bucks a bush. Well, I, I, I bought a bunch of that stuff, and then I bought, like, some... I wrapped it up onto uh, tent stakes, like uh, eight-inch tent stakes with um, Gorilla, you know, just Gorilla duct tape. And uh, I was using it a little bit, but then I didn't... Hey, it was... I left it with Brad uh, Brad Cochran out in Oregon. I hunted out there with him, and I was like, here, you can have this stuff. It, it works pretty good. It's not quite the right color. And then he texted me, like, this year. He had had them for a year, and he's like, hey, check it out. I painted those monkey grasses. Now look how good they look. I was like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I think of fucking painting yeah, them? It's just plastic and or then was, silk or whatever it is. Yeah, and he just used, like, a couple of different colors he bought at uh, Home Depot that looked, like, really close to the grass in his area that he's trying to get. He, he even sent me the colors. God damn it. Now I'm going to look up the colors that Brad told me. You know, one of, one of the um, artificial camouflages I've seen that actually work that looks pretty good in the snow um, is the, the snow camel... It's like gilly, like it's like snow and corn colored. That's yeah. That stuff looks pretty good. Yeah, if you could get some little strings of raffia tied onto uh, snow, like snow gilly stuff works looks really good too. Um, I think Tangle Free might have just came out with one that looks looked pretty good. The best I've ever seen in my life, and I I tried. This has been discontinued for like three years, and this was like eight years ago so this has been discontinued for like 11 years now but it was the avery killer killer weed ghillie suit in snow holy fuck that they just they hit the nail on the head you might even be able to google that all right here's what brad cochran wrote me about those the monkey grass i hit it really heavy with the sunbeam yellow so it's sunbeam yellow fusion krylon and then hit the tips with the spiced amber so that's satin spiced amber, Krylon fusion, and missed it a little in the middle too. I got the spray paint at Lowe's. That's what Brad told me. Hmm. And uh, did you want me to send you this picture really quick? Sure. Yeah, I'm looking at the Prairie Wings. Um, snow. It looks like it goes over an A-frame blind. It looks awesome. But same thing. Maybe it gets wet and maybe it doesn't look as good. It's hard to say. I don't know. I hope your internet can you. Do you it says delivered. Goes, check that picture. Went. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, check. Yeah. Okay. That one on the far left. That's pure monkey grass. That's, that's how it goes. Just dark green. It's dark green. It's a real rich, robust green. Now look at how he yellowed them up a little bit. Yeah. You can see there's three more to the right of that, and then he's got real. He must have taken some real grass home, and then tried to match it. Look how fucking good that looks. Yeah, that does look pretty slick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I was like, oh, shit, why didn't I think of that? And you can do that with literally anything they have in that store. Like, just get the texture you're looking for and then color match it yourself. Like, I thought about even that green block stuff. You know, one of the things, like when you set layout blinds next to each other, it's not so much that, you know, you're – your blind material is laid down or you can kind of get it to stick up, you know, by putting stuff vertically in the, the stubble straps, you know, can't really do it on your doors, but on the sides you can make it. But then in between it always, you know, you get those valleys and you can try to fill it in, but that would be kind of like the place if you were to put that 
green foam down and then stick stuff in there vertically so that it's sticking up like that would just destroy your outline for sure yeah dude for sure um it's one extra stupid thing and then it only lasts so long too because every time you poke a hole in it that hole that hole is there the hole stays there but if you use something like that monkey grass well you would never have to really take it out although it's going to take up more room i guess i don't know oh there's things you can do but I just put those in a little box, uh, like a little uh, container, because they had like those six or eight inch uh, um, camping or tent spikes on them. So you could just pull them out of the ground, throw them in a box, and off you go. Sure. Well, hey, dude, we're at 32 minutes already, and I did want to talk Holy about crap, bird... overtime. I know. Well, I did want to talk about uh, bird flu a little bit. Oh, yeah. It... Um, it appears as if that bird flu, we all knew it was happening this spring, and it kind of like we didn't hear about it very much. But it seems like since this cold snap, the bird flu has kind of came back with a vengeance, and it's kind of all over social media. Now, um, I've been on the CDC website, and I've been checking out uh, Delta Waterfalls, got some information on this. Um, but... I've been trying to research it and get more information, but it's hard to get. Here's what I'm interested in. Is there a threat that this could get so bad that seasons or limits or uh, general population health of waterfowl is under threat? Right. Because all the information I've been I've been getting from the normal sources, which is good information, like from Ducks Unlimited, just it takes forever to get past them talking about what is bird flu? Can you get it? Yeah, Can right. Can your dog yeah. get it? Yeah. <laughs> How does it affect poultry farms? And then you're 40 fucking minutes into the conversation. And it's like, what is bird flu? Uh, it's pretty fucking self-explanatory. It's birds getting sick and dying. All right. Can your dog get it? Probably not. Can you get it? Probably not. Maybe don't go play around with a bunch of sick birds, though. It so okay. I did I did listen to something. Let me, I'll just interject here. Um, it has happened in the past where somebody has contracted bird flu, but yes, it, it, it but it ends there. So like you might get sick, and even that's really rare. But you're then not able to pass that same flu strain on to another human for some reason. Right. Like it, it stopped. Like it can't replicate in the body. Like your body fights it. That's why you get sick, and then it's it's done. But you don't then and- shed it to somebody else. And it's been hard for me to find any content provided by anybody that goes past what we just discussed in fucking 80 seconds. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we all know this is happening. But I have been involved in a couple of, like, alarmist-sounding group chats or phone conversations that are like, dude, they're going to shut down the snow goose season. Okay. There's some videos that I've seen out there that are not on social media that have several hundred dead snow geese dying. They're fucking horrific, man. Okay. Um, and you might have seen some of these, like, similar videos on social media. And uh, people are getting really freaked out about it. And, like, is this going to affect the population? But I, so far, in my opinion, we got to remember that we kill 10,000 of these fucking things every day with shotguns. Yeah, that was, was, was going to be my point. It's like, you're like, there, there's, a, there's a video of, like, hundreds of them dead. Yeah, I've seen that too. It's called hunting, and like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and, no. they, and you usually know how many is actually dead because they use the carcasses to literally shape numbers <laughs> that say seven hundred. <laughs> right <So. laughs> now, I, I, I'm 
I'm just not with this alarmist, like, they're going to shut down the snow goose. All right, you show me a roost of eight, of 15,000 dead snow geese, and I'll be like, holy fuck. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you, show, you, you show me, like, where half a million snow geese were roosting, and now all of a sudden there's 15,000 dead ones there. Or, fuck it, let's just say 100,000 snow geese are roosting there, and 15,000 are now dead. That's 15% of the population. Okay, that's fucking horrific and we should all be freaked out really really freaked out but like showing me a roost that had potentially several hundred thousand snow geese on it and there's 300 dead ones there it's like chill the fuck out i don't think spring snow goose season is in danger because a few hundred birds got sick and died yeah i don't there's i don't think there's any room to freak out really uh if anything it might be a you know the wildlife biologists are the ones concerned about the Arctic tundra and the reason we have a spring season. At worst, they would shut, at the very worst, and like you're saying, this would take some sort of like just unbelievable die-off for them to even cancel that spring season, much less right. the regular fall season. And it wouldn't, I, I have a feeling it wouldn't just be the snow geese. Like if you, it would honestly be worse if you were seeing the thousands of like honkers dying or mallards or something else that isn't right. doesn't have the and astronomical it, population that snow geese have. And there are die-offs happening of those species too, and it is concerning. And we might see what I just said we haven't seen in the future. You know, like we might see a roost of fifteen thousand dead snow geese. You know coming up here in february or march as the disease spreads across populations maybe it does get worse or maybe they got a fucking omicron variant or some shit that really does <laughs> you know get make the disease even worse than it has been but it seems like well yes, i think it, we should make those geese start wearing masks <laughs> it's the only and, real solution and make it so they can't cross the border into canada that's right <laughs> there's a quarantine there's a quarantine period yeah, we we can do this. Um, shit, I had something else I was gonna say and I lost it. Damn it. Um, yeah, was got, it um, how satisfied you are with your Dick Johnson Signature Series Pacific Goose? <laughs> well, I I uh, haven't bought one, so you. I thought we were friends. I know. <laughs> well, you know. Changing the subject. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Got real um, quiet. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, I was drinking beer, but um, man, I haven't had a beer in so long. Um, dang it, I, I, I felt like I had a poignant point to make too, and it's just gone. Such now all I can old. think about is beer, dude. Like, hmm. I haven't had a beer since I got back from Canada. Well, I haven't had I a beer in like. I five know, weeks. I don't know what to tell you. They they sell it at stores. You can get it at bars. Like it's... here's the problem. Here's the problem. <laughs> I hang up. I hang out with my wife all the time, right? Sure. And um, she is not impressed with drinking Nick. With drunk, with drunk Nick. No. <laughs> she is not impressed with all of my uh, you know speaking loudly and bombastically and my my at my little attitude problem I have when I get a few beers in me. She does not find it very, uh, very attractive. How is how is drunk Mrs. Johnson, or does she get drunk? Does she, does yeah, that... she does occasionally. It's it's uh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the feeling is mutual, and like we are way better together when we don't <laughs> drink. But that's not to say that I don't want a beer once in a while. Sure. But I just want sex more. 
<laughs> that's fair. I mean, I feel like that's a that's a legit trade off right there. I I, I'm, I can't even uh, criticize get, that. If, if I get three beers deep, there is no chance in hell that lady's gonna. <laughs> that she's putting me. out <laughs> hell no she's like fuck you're sleeping you by yourself tonight cock blocking yourself it's a bad deal uh, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> I, God, I do want a beer though now let's end it let's end this now all right and go get a beer that'd be good well congratulations nick and uh, i should say thank you for being a part of the the waterfall wednesdays this has been awesome and i have a request uh, I almost went into this. I was like, well, if he's if he asked me, what are we going to talk about? Which we have that pre-recording conversation sometimes. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a um, Keeping Tabs episode. Yeah, we should do a Keeping Tabs. I do have some decent tabs even rolling. I cleared my tabs out recently, <gasps> man. What are you like, doing? Got, I'm down to 30 right now. But, oh, that's uh, plenty for an episode. Plenty. I got uh, some bird flu stuff in here. Ooh, I got some uh, Canada goose beats humans in longstanding territory battle stuff. Um, oh, let's before, see. I was... here's another thing I want to say before we wrap this up. I and this is legit. Like, I know I'm asking people to do a little bit extra work, but it's less work than me having to drive. Uh, well, now like eight hours into Iowa to go shoot my own. But I'm all out of goose legs. And lately, I've been putting goose legs in the crock pot until that oh, dude, meat just falls off the bone. And that meat is so, so much better than the breast it's meat. So it's fucking so good. much better. And dude, I love goose legs. And I'm out of goose legs. So if anybody out there would be so kind <laughs> as to set some, some aside for me, yes, I do. And next time I'm down in the legs. cities areas, you know, I'll go buy you some beers and. And in exchange for some, well, I can't do that because you can't sell a wild game. I will gift you some beers, and just by chance, you also gift me goose legs. That'd God, be, you love the bidding to crimes. Be that's not a crime. <laughs> I can gift you anything I want, and you can gift me anything I want. That's not even that's not even a, remotely a transaction. Yeah, that's true. They are but independent dude, of each other. Dude, for all those guys out there that are just taking out those titties, oh, you got to get on that leg game. Dude, yeah. Miss Johnson. Mrs. Johnson cooks goose legs so amazing. And when um, and, and when with the crockpot thing, like literally the last time I did it, I before I left for work, I threw them in there. You know, you cover them and whatever. I think I use beef stock, and then I usually dump those little mini bottles of wine. Those are perfect. Dump really? One of those things of red wine. Because red wine actually not only does it help break down the, the meat, but also has a really nice depth of flavor. Um, you just dump one of those in there too, put the cover on it, Put that thing on low. Go to work. You come home, the meat's falling off the bone. You just chuck the bones out there, and you just got an amazing. You can turn that into soup. You can turn it into stew. You can, you know, pull out just the meat. You could have some sort of pulled meat, whatever. What I, I mean, you could put it in a hot dish of any kind. You could do anything with it at that point. And the meat is so ridiculously tender, and it is juicy awesome, yeah. and good. And uh, oh, it's so good. I've heard some people use the word stringy or full of tendons to describe goose legs. Like, no, they're not. That's not what happens when you slow cook them. All that connective tissue, yeah. all that, the tendon and connective tissue, like, it, when you slow cook it, it melts. It, it literally melts. And, like, that, if you take that, so if you're, here's some. Just make potatoes, mashed potatoes or whatever. Do what we just said in the crock pot. Take that meat out, like, separate it from the liquid. Then take that remaining liquid, make gravy out of that. And then you just like pile your potatoes, put some goose meat on it, drizzle that gravy over the top. You will thank me. You'll be like, holy shit. Yeah, the goose titties are good. I love them. 
but the goose legs way better. I'm right. an, I'm, an, I'm an ass man when it comes to goose. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> or a leg man, I guess I should say. Um, okay, well, hey, let's good. thank uh, let's also thank Boss Ammunition for making such a good product, so I don't have to uh, chase down as many cripples. Nice clean kill shots and an affordable price. Bismuth copper plated. 3x5, 20-gauge, ounce and an eighth is my load of choice. Uh, it's been awesome shooting that the last two seasons, having Boss on board. Um, check out the Signature Series Goose Call by Pacific Calls on PacificCustomCalls.com. We'd really appreciate it. And check out the Goose Tech app on the uh, Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. If you're looking to improve your goose calling, reach out to me as well. If you want to improve your goose calling, we'll work on it. And I want to go ahead and just thank Relevant again. Uh, because I'm on the staff and their glasses are awesome. So I want some. Them, yeah, can you, you should, get me some? I'm I'm sure I could. Christmas is right around the corner. Um, I want I want it for full retail. So, <laughs> deal. <laughs> <laughs> we can we we can talk later. And just a big thank you to everybody that has followed along. Um, thus far, I mean, it's been, I think. Maybe not quite three years for Waterfall Wednesday because it's been just over three years for the podcast in general. But yeah, we're at a hundred episodes for Waterfall Wednesday, so that's yeah, not that's not Dad. a little feat. That's uh, most podcasts don't last anywhere near that. So thanks everybody for uh, for sticking with us. Fo- I have found that even like interesting podcasts, you'll be like you'll start following them and then they just disappear. Yep, that's I mean the average is seven seven episodes. And then is that done. true? Yep, that's that's those are the the average. Do you know who needs this podcast to come out again? Is Dave Smith decoys? I've been waiting for. Oh, they got. God damn it! Now we're talking longer. Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow they're launching their. Uh, uh, well, it will be. It's a Wednesday. Go to the Dave Smith decoy. Oh, you'll, you'll see it on social media. Go to Dave Smith decoys. Uh, Wednesday, December seventh, they're launching their honker floaters. They're giant floaters. Well, you know what they sexy. you know what they really should do. They should just contact us and just be a regular contributor to this podcast. That would be cool. That we could they could just check in like once a month. We could have the the DSD episode. You know, third, that'd be sweet. Third week of every month is DSD week, and then you know, we do Dude, a group call other... with them or something. That'd be sweet. I haven't used any other full body for like three years now. Uh, it seems to work good. I, I will a- say this: it's I, I'm I'm tempted to start slowly building an arsenal of them. They, I'm rarely using more than forty decoys these days. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, that's so weird. much less work. <laughs> no, it's 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 not with TSD. Well, I suppose you got to bag them all, but I'm bagging all my avians anyways, so that's not yeah. much different than my avians. That wouldn't be much different, but it is different than like I, you know, a trailer full of bigfoot. True. But I, as we've talked many times, I hate Bigfoots, but that's just me. All right, man. Well, uh, I will talk to you next week for episode 101. Awesome. Sounds good, dude. Later. Later. Bye.